We are going to talk about special touch ministries. How many people know what special touch is? Look at that. You've got a crowd who doesn't know what special touch is. Now, we've actually had uh, your bosses in here a while back. I think, technically, it's Charlie, your boss. Does that work that way? So Charlie Chivers came in and did a special touch ministry about five years ago. And so maybe people just forgot or we had a lot of new people. Um, and so what we're going to do today, and I've talked to these guys, is I'm going to have each of them kind of come in order and tell us briefly their story and then um, and how they got involved in Special Touch and, and then what Special Touch is. And then we're going to go through just a series of questions. And we're going to talk about it informally so that you guys can get to know us. And, and here's our goal today. Um, you say, well, you know, why are we doing this? God, I, I believe the Lord wants to expand our heart. You know, it's so easy, especially in a place of abundance, to get so focused on achieving and accomplishing and accumulating. And, and there's nothing wrong with having stuff and accomplishing and accumulating. But God wants us to see the needs that are all around us. And there's an entire community of people um, within our community who have special needs. And I'm sure one of them probably mentioned that, you know, numbers and that kind of stuff. It's a lot. And we know in our own church. We have a number of families that have, have people with special needs in their families, and we've watched the, the challenge it is for families to minister to people with special needs. You know, um, so Special Touch Ministry is designed to help those people in unique ways that maybe the rest of us can't. And, um, but, and then also say, how can we partner together to, to, to accomplish those things? And so what this today is really about is God, help giving God an opportunity to expand our hearts for a need that's right in our community and also is all around the globe. As a matter of fact, I got an email today or a letter today from Mike Edson. You guys know who Mike is? He does, he's in, I'm trying to think, Edson. I'm trying to think what um, country he's in. It's over in the former Soviet Union, one of those countries. And he does ministry to people with special needs. And uh, I just opened up this morning in the mail. And uh, so all across the planet, people who have special needs that the world generally overlooks. And the people, one of the ways we see the reality of Christianity is the people around the globe in our neighborhoods who generally are the ones who care for people who are, who are the most helpless and the most needy are Christian people. That's for one reason. It's because of the love of Christ within us. And so that's what we want God to expand our hearts today. To say, God, open up my eyes so that I can see uh, maybe how you want to help me be part of helping people um, in this particular area and then um, seeing how can we help them come to know Jesus and, and live lives that are full. Amen. So we're going to start with Nilda. And I said, just, just give us five minutes. Tell us your story, you know, and uh, anything you want to say about Special Touch. Or... Well, thank you for having, having inviting us. Um, uh, my name is Nilda Rivera, and I have been about... Uh, a part of Special Touch since 1997, actually. Um, and I went, went there as a guest. I was born with a disability called spina bifida, and what that and it causes paralysis from the waist down. And so um, in 1997, I was introduced through, through a friend, a friend of mine, to Special Touch Ministry. And so in the wintertime, I had gone to a retreat that they have in the winter. And I was like, wow, this is really neat. And so one of the biggest evangelistic tools that they have is a summer getaway, a camp in the summertime. So that year I went back to the camp and I was there and it was amazing what God had done and God had shown me things about myself that, you know what, yes, I have a, dis- I have a disability and I, I have, and other people have disabilities, but that doesn't mean that I'm 
better than them. And I had realized that, wait a minute, there was pride in my heart that because my disability might not be as severe as someone else's that I was better. And that's not true. It's just different. You know, we're just, it's just different. And so God just really showed his love there. And, and so then I was with them and, um, in 1997 until 2004. And then God started to show, touch my heart and how the caregivers had really blessed me. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to apply. And so then for about 2004 to about 10 years, I was a caregiver with Special Touch Ministry, helping and had a ladies that I was with and uh, with intellectual disabilities, and I learned so much from them, you know, and they were wonderful. They just want to be your friend, and they just want a friend. And um, so, and then in 2013, I became a missionary associate with Special Touch Ministry, um, and I've been, 2015 is when I've really been on the internet, and uh, itinerating trail, though, so... Um, yeah, that's where I am, and I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, we just just be our friends. And so you do this full-time. It's your... It's no, your uh, no, I work. I work. I'm bivocational. So okay, you're bivocational, I I, I, but you're also a credentialed minister. I am a credentialed minister. And I am a licensed minister with the Assemblies of God. Yes, yeah. I am. And you've, haven't you gone all around the world? I've gone to... Um, well, I've been to... With my church, I went to Puerto Rico. This year, just past year. I'm from Puerto Rico. I, well, my parents are. I'm, I'm second generation Puerto Rican. So, um, and so my, my parents were born in Puerto Rico. And so, um, I go visit them, but I went in January on a missions trip with my, um, church, um, to do a missions trip there. And then in, back in 2009, my first missions trip, uh, overseas missions trip was to Argentina. And I was with, uh, Rocky and Sherry Grahams. And with them, and then um, with Special Touch Ministry, um, in 2012, um, I went to the Dominican Republic with them, and so and I bilingual. I speak Spanish too. So. so most any of us in here who would say make an excuse for why they couldn't do ministry, you just you just killed it all, right? You just you just shot everybody down who makes an excuse who says I can't go there, I can't do that. You're just saying yeah, you can because of Jesus, right? Because of Jesus. All yeah, that's right. The well, thank you. Um, uh, Sanava, um, and you and Todd are married. We know that. And, um, and you, I think that one you pushed the bottom. I think it probably was on. And um, you, you came into, into um, ministry here, and so they just switched microphones, so you know that. <laughs> um, um, and it is on. It is on. Um, and and Todd was telling me that you you had no involvement with with doing ministry to people with disabilities. And so, kind of tell us your story. How did you get involved? And what do you think? And what have you learned? Yes. Yeah, so um, that is correct. Um, before I met Todd, I had no experience or being a caregiver with people with special needs and disabilities. I have family family members with uh, cognitive uh, disabilities, but. I've never been a caregiver, so when Todd and I met, he was involved. He was working that time, part-time, at a um, facility for people with special needs and disabilities. And I just thought that was so admirable of him to do that. And so um, he slowed, as we were dating, and I think he started liking me at that point. <laughs> he, uh, Good man. <laughs> He would invite me to um, lunch this particular time. He was taking care of a young man, and um, 
He said, want to bring Bobby with me? And I was like, oh, my goodness. He has, <laughs> Bobby has um, cognitive delays and, and just... You know, I was like, Lord. So let me get this. He asked you, he brought Bobby on your date. Yes, he All brought right. Bobby, Bobby to our lunch date. And so that, I think that was his way of um, introducing me to his world of uh, caring for people with disabilities. So as we went on, I just was in a time of prayer. God, uh, this is what you want me to do. Open my heart because I don't want to do something that's going to hinder the call of his life. Um, so God touched my heart and I'm telling you, I just, um, I brought my tissue because I'm a weeper. But um, <laughs> good, he just, God company. touched my heart and just opened my heart to the love of Jesus. And so I um, just displayed the love of Jesus. And I was a caregiver for the first time at the camp in Arizona. I was very nervous about it. And um, it just changed my whole whole thought process and just completely humbling experience so it's been amazing what was the thing that made you say you were nervous to do the caregiving what was it about it that made you nervous that I would not um, make a mistake okay. or you know at, at camp um, some of the care uh, guests they have to take medications we didn't administer the medication so just making sure I got them to the clinic sure. not the clinic but to where they take their medications I didn't say the wrong thing because you have to be mindful when you're um, communicating with the person to the one lady um, she had down syndrome just sweet young lady and the other um, young lady was high functioning autistic so just making sure I used I didn't say something that was um, inappropriate or not being mindful of saying something that when I talk to someone who doesn't display that and that I'm not being you know disrespectful mm -hmm. and did you find that once you did it those fears went away and God yes, you had the grace of the God, Lord to do what yes, you needed to do. Yes, absolutely. It was an amazing experience. And like Nilda said, I learned so much from them, patience and the love of Jesus and how much they love the Lord. And being at camp, um, just the worship time, just their open and their freedom. Can, can you guys... Um, Talk to me about, talk to us about this. What you just said, and we'll get to Todd's story next, about them loving the Lord. Talk to us. You have people who are, like you said, you know, the people who are Down syndrome, um, have cognitive delays. Talk to us about your experience in, in their ability. Because I think sometimes we have the idea that can they really have a relationship with Jesus? Talk to us about that. What did, any one of you. Can I? You can, can say whatever. I, I'm just thinking of a, a fellow, a fellow missionary friend with uh, that I, that we have, um, that that I know that with people with disabilities, and he, um, and he's always had a saying, and it's so true. He said, "There's no disabled soul." Oh, it's a There's good way to say no it. There's no disabled soul. Okay. You know, God's love transcends. It transcends from the mind to the spirit. And that was so evident. That's something that was evident. So have you guys been able to see, you know, people that have great disabilities, have a you really can see this connection with the Lord? Yes. Do you, you want Yes, there's, like, a, like Nilda said, there's as many missionary associates. Um, but we have a young man that I took care of in uh, um, Oklahoma. 
and he has cerebral palsy, so he has no arm functions, no leg functions, and he can't even speak. So how do you think, how, how's God going to use that young man? That young man has two ministries with special needs. Plus, he works at the University of Arkansas in a database department. And how he does it, he has a dot in the middle of his forehead, and he basically navigates the computer with that. And he has a full-time job with the University of Arkansas and has two ministries. So what's holding us back? What's holding us back, exactly. So how about somebody like that has cognitive issues, that has maybe Down syndrome? Have you seen them, the reality of a relationship with Jesus? What's that look like? Yes, um, in um, Arizona, the two young ladies that I was caring for, Oh my gosh, her name will come back to me. Um, but she, uh, the one that had Down syndrome, she had such a quiet spirit. And the other young lady was a little more active. So, <laughs> um, and so the young lady with Down syndrome, God would just use her to, to help her, the other young lady, on how to uh, react and just be in prayer and trust in the Lord. You can just see their love for Christ, especially in the worship time, in our uh, daily um, scripture and, and um, lesson that we teach during camp. And it's no difference. It's a little more, uh, gosh, like I said before, the freedom that they have. And you see the pure love of Christ in some with the cognitive may be 40 years old, but have the mind of a nine-year-old in Florida. Oh my goodness. One lady, she just, she loved Jesus. She was up there in, you know, people were pushing her in a wheelchair and she was praising the Lord. And it's just, it's a wonderful thing. It's like no limits. They just, gosh, it's, so they're not worried, not worried about anything else. They're, no, they're going after Jesus no. with all their heart. Yes, yes, That's beautiful. Absolutely. That's beautiful. So, so if somebody was to volunteer at a camp, they'd get to be part of that, yes. experiencing that yes. with them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is that a plug for anybody? <laughs> um, so, Todd, tell us your story. My story starts back in 1995. Um, that's when I come to know Jesus as my personal Savior. And soon after that... Um, a friend of mine introduced me to a gentleman with a disability, and um, he had seizures and different things like that. And he, uh, at the time, I was a farmer, so um, but I was always looking for a part-time job uh, on the weekends and things. Actually, I was working with the agriculture industry, but so I had my weekends off, and I would take care of this gentleman. And there was always a stirring in my heart. You know, I'd always pray with this man and things like that, and and just uh, build a relationship with the love of Jesus. And then it was probably, I think, in 2010 or 11, I met Charlie and Debbie Chivers. It happened to be at Spencer Lake, which many of you know up at uh, our Assembly of God's uh, campground. And we were in the water, and um, he introduced me, and we just started talking. And he seen my heart for people with disabilities. And, um, and it was, I think, it took a little while. I, went, I did some uh, uh, caregiving and things like that at camps and stuff. But and then in 2015, I became a missionary associate with... Uh, special touch, but um, it, it's like what we just talked about. It really comes down to love. You know, God is love, 1 John 4, 8, you know, and sharing the love of Christ to people. Um, Matthew 22, 37, 38 is the greatest commandment. It says, to love God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. But the second greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. Amen. And um, just example here, um, I was in Madison at... Um, 
I still got some farming blood in me yet. So um, I was at the biggest college show in the world. It was in Madison, Wisconsin this last week. And there was a gentleman, young boy, or not a young boy, probably 15, 16 years old. And his teacher brought him to this show because he loved cows. And um, I just went up and said hi to him. And he just about started crying. And I said, why are you crying? Because people don't love me. Oh, my. So we can make a big difference really easy. So, so maybe this is a good question. So what is the biggest need that you see in ministering to people that have disabilities? What is the need out there? Is it as simple as saying to somebody to actually tell me what you guys think it is? I think it's inclusion. Inclusion. Yeah, inclusion. So, you know, the, as have, a person with a disability. Have you felt excluded? <laughs> oh, yeah. And so have you seen a change in that? It seems like our culture is becoming much more, as, a, as an American culture, much more inclusive. Mm-hmm. So what, have you seen changes? I have. I have seen changes um, of, of in, uh, people being inclusion. And um, does there still need work to be done? Yes. However, I have seen it. I have seen things being, and people being more open, excuse me, people being more open to, to being, um, just being more open, I guess, and you, to do, people. Do you think the reason that you feel excluded and have felt excluded and you still, you said, okay, we've come a ways, but we still have a ways to go, is it because people just don't know what to do? So guys, talk to that. Talk about that. I think that's a part of it because before I came into the ministry with my husband, I was that person. Um, I wouldn't be mean because that's not in me to do that, but just to how to communicate, how to relate, and how to um, make them feel welcome and warm, a person with special needs and disabilities. We did a class in um, August at a church in, in, pardon me? Training. Training, I'm sorry, disability training for a church in Indiana um, that have the heart to start a disability ministry. And what that looks like is how to uh, minister to people, a person with ADHD or uh, physical need, autism, you know, in the children spectrum and also adults too. So what, what does that look like? And statistics show that 2017 statistics in a city's population, any city in America, 15%, 80% of people do not attend church with a disability. And in that 80%, 15% of a city has a person with a special needs, non-institutionalized, so they could be at home and um, or a family member want to bring their loved one to church, but they don't feel welcome. And 80% of that, those people don't attend church. So that's huge. So to, as Nilda said, it's about inclusion and how to minister and what, what does that look like. So if a church wants to be, that they want to be inclusive, um, is it more of an attitudinal thing or is it more of a, a, a structural thing? What, would you, what is it? It's You're the okay. expert. <laughs> it's the attitude and it's the heart. That's, and this kind of goes into another part of the ministry and that's called a dis- being a disability-friendly church. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a um, <clears throat> there's a, a website on the website. There's a page, and there's a questionnaire that you go through. And a lot of the questions on that questionnaire <clears throat> are, there's there's a section that has it with the structure. 
but a lot of it has to do with where you are in the heart and the attitude and that if you're willing. So um, as, you know, as Sanava was sharing how us wanting to <clears throat> share how church can minister to those with disabilities, <clears throat> my, what I feel God has put in my heart in, within the ministry is to share with churches not just how the church can minister to those with disabilities, but how those of us with disabilities can minister to you, the church. So, so talk to about tell us what talk to us about that. How how do, what does that look like in your mind? How would the people with, you know, with disabilities minister in the church? Yep. Well, um, it could be having somebody with a disability, whether whether it's intellectual or physical. You know, being uh, maybe. A, giving opportunity to be a greeter, sure. um, to um, maybe pass out bulletins, something as simple as that, or to be a part of the choir, which, and I will use myself as an example. I am, I'm a part of the choir at Oak Creek Assembly of God. And so, and then all, there's other people with a disability with, as part of the choir, or there's, um, you know, I think we, we, I would say myself is if you ask me, to try, I will try. I, and I think sometimes, I think, you know, so something as simple as that is just having somebody be a greeter or um, pass out a bulletin or volunteer, any sort of part of the church to just include them so and, and make them be a part. In, with, speci- with special touch ministries at camps, I mean, the main ministry you guys do is camps, right? You do education in churches. So what's your main ministry? Well, we also have chapters. And that's um, so. Explain what that is. Uh, chapter is a faith-based initiative that we come into the community, and we don't specifically have it at churches now because we want them to be uh, a non-church type atmosphere. So we right now happen to, uh, or I should say, we did with Nilda. We, me and my wife, are kind of the church or the, or the chapter planters. We kind of go around and try to plant churches all over the, the, the United States. But we helped start uh, Milwaukee. Well. Yeah, yeah, the Greater Milwaukee chapter started about back in uh, 2015, and it started with a bunch of 12, with about 12 of us, and Chad yeah, and Sanava had come came on board too just before we started our public fellowship, and so we, um, the chapter, you know, the the main ministry is the big ministry that they have with special touch is the getaways. That's the getaway. But a lot of times what will happen is that, sure, someone will come to the getaway and they'll come for the first time and they'll get saved and they'll have a wonderful experience with Jesus. Then they go home to their community and there's nothing for them. So So. the chapters are Christ-centered gatherings of people not tied to a church but tried in a community trying to say, if you have disabilities, we're we're here for you. Is that an understanding? And then what we do is we, we build them up in their faith. And then we, like I say, if, you, like you're, if you're a disability-friendly church, which you guys are, is that, and then we plant them in the churches that will grow, help them grow. You know, but this is a, that's the first step from the camp is to get, come to the chapter and, and grow in their, in their faith and then get them to a church that will love them and, ex, and appreciate them you know, and stuff. And it was one thing is that Nilda was just saying, too, is that um, how you can be used, you know, like I say, as a greeter and stuff. And I have a friend from the United Kingdom, and his father was a pastor, and he had a gentleman that had, was cognitive with disabilities. And for 35 years, he was a greeter, and he made sure pastor had water at his pulpit every, every, every Sunday. And that was that, his ministry. That was his ministry, and he did it well. Yep, and he did he it with did excellence. It well. 
And that's all people, that's what the, even with us, he wants, God wants us to do with things with excellence. Let me, let me talk about getting that heart so that you're open. And I want to I just, I want to throw something out there, some experience that we've had in child rearing and ask you if this, you know, if this could be translated with, with special touch uh, or with ministry to people with disabilities. When, when our kids were little and we were pastoring in another state, um, Suzanne was the volunteer coordinator at a nursing home. And so she volunteered all, did all the you know, um, games and did all stuff. Well, because Suzanne's volunteer coordinator, that meant Mark and the boys are volunteer coordinators. And so they were raised going to nursing homes and interacting with all the people in wheelchairs and the people with, with cognitive memory issues. And for them, they didn't know any different. They were raised doing that stuff. And so they also then have very little, um, you know, today they don't, they don't look at somebody with disabilities or whatever. As, it's just normal part for them. It's normal. How do you, there's no fear. But we saw when we did that were parents in the church, and the reason I said it was another state, because parents in that church would say, oh, I wouldn't do that. My kids are afraid of people in a wheelchair. My kids are afraid of this. And we're like, well, the only one way to get them not afraid, you know, come help us. And we saw resistance in people that they were like, well, I don't want, I think it was a lot of times, I don't want to spend the time, but a lot of times it was fear. And so um, how important is it to, that this is, this is about not only reaching our adults, but, but parents and grandparents reaching their kids when they're little and, and helping them. And how, could, how would you see that be, that a person would, could go about that? Um, you know, can, can they be involved in camps? Can... Well, <clears throat> I know from, from myself, I, with, with children, I would, if they're wondering and looking, one of the, the things that breaks my heart is when I see a child and they're wondering and they're, they're looking and I see their parent, oh, no. I'm like, no, let them come and ask me. Let them come and see what's going on. And I will tell you, I would rather them ask and get to know than be afraid. That's so do you so. see children tend to be afraid? I've seen that less and less, though. I see, I, I think the culture is changing. Yep, I've seen that less and less. So there have been more. I mean, at first, sometimes I'm like, oh, hi. And they're like, yeah, I'm like, okay. Or, or like, like, if somebody, like a kid in a stroller, if somebody, you know, with a parent, you know, if there's a kid in the stroller and they're looking, and I'll, I'll just say, oh, my wheels are bigger than your wheels. <laughs> you know, so then you get the whole family kind of, you know, you see the, the relax in the whole family, you know. So it's, it's just... Um, yeah, include the whole family. Don't get them, let them ask. Let, let them ask, you know. Um, let them see you ask and talk to me. I think, too, with people with um, CP, cerebral palsy, or Down syndrome, because of the physical difference that they uh, see. And children are children. Their hearts are pure. If they see, some, see someone that doesn't look like them per se with Down syndrome or, or CP, a person with CP, they could maybe have a little um, twisting in the body or can't use their hands or can't speak. And I think, and this is probably just, just my personal opinion, the parent could say, you know, they were born this way, don't be afraid, this is how God made them to kind of ease that child instead of shunning the child away mm -hmm. from the person because then it makes the person with the um, Down syndrome or CP, you know, feel bad. So mm -hmm. I would think 
people with those type of disabilities probably see more of the fear. Now, I, I was the poster child of fear until the Lord. <laughs> you were a poster uh, <laughs> child of fear? <laughs> until God um, got rid of that fear spirit of fear from me. But it was um, Bobby as an example. I was a little afraid of him because of just his actions and a little bit of how he looked because growing up, when I grew up, you know, your parents didn't, my parents didn't tell, there weren't a lot of people with disabilities in my community. And when it was, it was a stigma, you know, so, but, you know, as I got older, you just embrace people and ask, like Nilda said, ask questions. So. Okay. Good parenting tip and grandparenting tip. Um, I want to ask a question that maybe this is something outside you guys' scope and you go, yeah, we don't, we don't that's not part of special touch. Um, or your experience, but what about ministry to the people who are the primary caregivers? Does, does, does Special Touch do anything of that, or is one of the things is that it, they get a break when there's camps? Can you talk about that? Because what we found here is we have a couple of people in our church who have had long-term chronic illnesses with children and adults, and, um, man, I just watched a toll on the primary caregivers. And, and, that, and those people, and I've talked to some of them, they feel guilty forever expressing any frustration or, or hurt or anger or confusion because they feel like I shouldn't feel that way, you know, because I'm not the one who's going through it. So, so what have you seen in that area, and, and, and how have you seen ministry effective in that group? Yeah, there's a missionary associate um, from um, the Ohio area, and they've started up respite care in their church, and that is uh, kind of uh, coming along in other churches now and stuff, and that's a great output to, you know, having like, I mean, in this church, having a respite care for your community, because that would draw even people in, because if they can bring their child here, just to even go on a date night, or just to get grocery shopping without, you know, their child or uh, adult that might have disabilities, is just a blessing to them, and you don't realize the four hours or whatever it might be that you take care of their child or their adult that has disability, the love that you show for them. And it's not only just them once, then the family hears that, and it just keeps on growing. So that, that is one thing that um, we are doing um, as special touches, starting at respite cares through churches and stuff. Where that's now church-based, you know, and stuff like that, you know. But um, that is a great way to uh, get the, uh, your community involved and share the love of Jesus. So give those, give those primary caregivers a short little break, respite. Mm-hmm. Give them a little break mm-hmm. so they can go get their hair done. Exactly. Right. exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, I think of it like this. When you have little kids, like, you know, that are toddlers, and they are all-consuming, getting some of those things done is impossible if they grow up. Mm-hmm. It's like that little thump person in the terrible twos that never grows up, you know, and it's just constantly having to chase them around. Mm-hmm. Um, a person needs a break from that. And you just, you just hit, hit a great thing is that, it, um, you know, you can even have like a day, you know, that you, uh, you know, have caregivers or people uh, take care of their children and adults and stuff. And you, you could have like a beauty day for the ladies and for the guy, whatever it might be, you know, do, do their nails, simple little things. Just get the get community involved, you know, and it just, uh, it's amazing how God moves that way, so. And I just want to touch back on the chapter ministry, if I can. Um, to start a chapter doesn't necessarily mean you have to have a child or um loved one with a disability, if God put that on your heart, puts it on a person's heart to start a chapter ministry, they can certainly do that. You don't, you know, the requirement isn't um, that you have to have a child or you yourself have a form of disability. I say we all have something, you know, 
this. <laughs> but um, you don't have to. That's not a requirement to okay. start a chapter ministry. Okay. What's the closest chapter to here? Is Milwaukee. Oak Creek. But that, Milwaukee. Well, Milwaukee, Milwaukee. But Milwaukee. Trust me, just because Milwaukee could have three, four, I'm just saying. Could have 50, so, right? Well, yeah. Except there's Beaver Dam, Dam well. and then um, yeah. we're still working. Like I say, we're still working with Pastor Brad. He's up in Appleton area, and um, we've been working with Pastor um, Craig from uh, Fond Lac, okay. uh, starting up a chapter there. And then uh, actually, we were in Florida last year for a while, and are looking to do one in Orlando. Um, start one up there. So it's just continuing to plug in, and it's just like I say, it's you got to build a solid foundation first. As you know, a church. Same as the chapter. You want to have the solid people before you can start. And like Nilda said, you need 12 people 12. to get going 12. so that you can really solidify that chapter. So you need 12 people with, yeah. with um, like 12 different units of people, like mean, 12 family units that have someone have, with a disability. No, it doesn't have to be. No, different. it can be, be different. It yeah. can be different people. Um, just people who will have a heart and have the, will share the, you share the vision that you have and they have that same vision. That's what you need, and and then um, if you go if you go onto the website specialtouchministry.org, if you go there, there's there's um, in chapters there's the steps on how to get started. Um, there's a whole bunch. There's twelve steps, I think thirteen, maybe thirteen steps. It's been a while since we started, but um, yeah. So to get started, and um, you know, it's it's it, I'm not gonna say it's almost like starting a church. I'm going to yeah. be really honest. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Because you have to get your people together that are, and you have to find a place because it can't be held in a church. So you have to find a place in the community um, to, to meet. And then you have to, um, there's a, a fee that you have to come up with and, um, to get started. But, you know, but it's doable. You just yeah. need this to get the spark, just the yeah. spark. So it, it's, it's never held in a church? I think I th- right now I think one of them is temporarily. But that's just, not the hope. The hope is to not, be not no. in the church because it's marketplace away. ministry. It's yeah. marketplace yeah. ministry because not everyone um, that may want to come to a chapter um, is saved sure. or don't know the Lord. So, sure. like Todd and Nilda said, the camp is a stepping stone, and then they come to the chapter ministry. It's fellowship. It's the word walk. Mm-hmm. It's food, and then doing. Um, events and fundraising and it's really fun but some people that may come to the chapter may feel intimidated to come to the church church. so yeah you know we just held a big event for um all our first responders in our community firemen policemen all of ozaki county and the predominant thing we heard from people was yeah we didn't want to go because it was at a church um, but now that we held it here once, now they're all like, man, we'll be back next year. We're going to bring people. They thought it wasn't creepy being at a church. But that was the number one thing that keep people, kept people out, and they were dishonest with us. Yeah, is that a church? We're not going. And that's unfortunate. Like I say, is, I don't know if Noda had ever had these experiences, but a lot of times people will come to a church. For one, they're not disability friendly. They don't have, if you're in a wheelchair, they don't have um, either uh, elevator, if they have stairs, things like that. Or they've been told by other people not to come back to their church. Mm-hmm. So they have, yeah, exactly. So Actually told. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And that's, that's the biggest reason why we have them outside the church. Because wow. just like what you're saying with the, the community and stuff, that it's, yeah. you know, um, we, we have a lot to learn yet from the community yet. So yep. um, in our churches. So. Okay. So we're almost out of time. So let's do this. Each one of you, we'll start with Nilda. Tell us one final thing that you believe we need to know about ministry to people with disabilities. Anything you want. One final thing. Uh, you know, really, 
the biggest thing with people with disabilities. We may have, we may look different, we may think a little different, but we're not different. And we, um, we're someone, we are all someone who either loves Jesus already or needs to know Jesus. And we need to friend. And I think that's the biggest thing. The biggest, just be friends with people with disabilities. Don't be afraid. Be There's friend. nothing to be afraid. All right. Good. And I um, would say the same thing and also add, too, in your homes, in your neighborhoods, if you know of someone, um, a neighbor that has a child or someone with disabilities, speak to them. Say, hi, how are you doing? If God can look, if God can use me in this ministry, he can use probably any of you. If you open your heart and pray and seek him to be a part of the ministry, there's so many people that need to hear about Jesus. All right. Yeah, for me, it's just um, Psalm 139, 14 keeps on coming to my mind. It's, we're all treated equally, wonderfully made in his image. And God made us all perfect. But we have to, like, say, love like Jesus loves. And when we love like Jesus loves, we'll change this world. Amen. Well, um, thank you guys for being with us. We can just, I can just, can you just feel their hearts? You know, let's give these guys a hand. Um,